In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. Shoot it! We deliver tickets, team merchandise, and everything you need for the game. But what you really get is so much more. FedEx delivery. Game day spirit. What we deliver by delivering. Welcome to the Daily Mythian Grizzlies podcast, where the Grizzlies broke even in December and find themselves in a race nobody wants to win for the West's eighth seed. I'm Chris Harrington. I'm joined this week by colleague Jeff Calkins. Jeff, the Grizzlies have been busy over what I call the holiday break. It was not a break for them. <laughs> you and I were traveling north and then traveling southwest, and now we're both back in Memphis. Um, where the Grizzlies like keep on chugging. They lost last night as, as we record in Sacramento. It, as we've said before, it's it's nice to be disappointed. Yeah, right? again, once again, bad loss. Nice to be disappointed. Like people are enraged because of the. You say nobody wants to win. I do think Grizzlies fans at this point are saying, "What the heck? Let's win. why not? Right? Yeah, why not? If they had won that game, they lost by I think five points was the final score. I may be wrong about that in Sacramento on Thursday night. I'm having a hard trouble with days of the week. Yeah. Um, at this point, Thursday night. Um, if they'd won that game, because the San Antonio Spurs lost that night, um, if they'd won that game, they would have been one game back. As it is, I guess they're one and a half games back in this sort of muddle of teams. Um, it's as, the kind of race where losses don't really well, hurt you. As of, <laughs> as, as of today, the um, based on the current projections, the eighth seed would cost you 35 wins. Now, if you stipulate to me 35 wins will get you in the playoffs, then like, Hey, why not the Grizzlies? Right. I don't think that's going to be the case. I right. think some one of these teams is going to get their act together <clears throat> and win forty games, and that team is not going to be the Memphis Grizzlies. That's they, they're they dug a little bit too much of a hole, I think, for that. Well, the I mean, if you they did have a five hundred December, which is like yeah. real. That is like uh, astonishing. I would not have expected five hundred to be them to be five hundred any month of this season. Um, if you've pointed out, some of this is because of schedule. The schedule lightened right. up, and the schedule, however, continues to lighten up it for a little while through January. Yeah, a little yeah. Bit. So, um, so I, I just, to me, it's added fun in a season that already has so many things that have gone right that it's it's hard not to be excited about it. Um, so, but I do think there's a little bit of a wink, wink playoff chase. Oh, sure, to, sure. to this whole thing. The I, what I'm interested too is is that it has caused people to focus more on maybe more people maybe more people to focus on particular rotations for example there's even you know is jay getting is jay crowder getting too much run too many shots is he like there's been more focus because of the playoff race on certain decisions that taylor jenkins has made which i think is one of the interesting offshoots here yeah, it's like flexing an old muscle a little bit, like because that should be the way you watch basketball. It should be the way you watch basketball, you know. Yes. And so we're getting back to watching the basketball the way we should. It is this interesting thing where their 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 eye is still on the long term. Um, it, whatever happens in regard, like come the the day of the trade deadline, it doesn't matter where they are in relation to to the playoff seed. They're going to conduct themselves the same way they would if they were twenty games out. Right, like it's not going to stop them from flipping Jay Crowder for a couple second round picks if that's what they, they want to do. If they were an eighth, their eighth, if they were firmly an eighth, and Jay were playing well, it wouldn't stop. Do you think they are going to conduct themselves exactly the same way if they? 
Well, I, I don't think it was ever a given, a given that they flipped him anyway, if all you can get is a second right. round pick or two. But that said, it is, it is my belief, and then from talking to people, I, it was right. confirmed to me, I mean, we'll see, that that they plan to conduct themselves transactionally the same way they were always going to conduct themselves transactionally, which is the figure, you know, building this team for beyond this season in terms of, and now that's sort of easy to do because the main business you have to do is trading a player is not playing for you anyway, right. right? And so that trade might help you in the short term depending right. on what comes back, even without you like without that being your goal. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 but right. they're certainly not going to. I think they're going to look to flip, quote unquote, assets um, that aren't of long term value for for assets of long term value. But more to the point, they're not going to go the other way. They're not. This, they're not going right. to do the Justin Holiday trade. They're not going to like they did last season when they were as, as, in a a somewhat similar position. They just thought on the front end they were going to be better, right. right? Where they they flipped two second round picks to get a rental of a veteran. That is what's not going to happen this season, right? But I do think, in terms of how they think about their team and how fans think about the team, what it does for better or worse is. It, we talk about like who's the third star to go with John Jaron, right? And maybe that's a Brandon Clark. It's probably not. Like right. who's the third star? I think at this point you have to conclude if and when you you get that player, it's probably not with a high draft pick. I, I, you know, oh yeah, the, it, you know, it, you you can still they can still be in the playoff. I mean, still be in the lottery and still get lucky in the lottery. Yes. Those things are still possible. Right. And in heck tomorrow we have, uh, we have uh, Anthony Edwards coming in from yeah, Georgia. Yeah. And that'll but be the fun likelihood, the likelihood is very remote. That that the likelihood that. is you don't have that top four pick this summer. Right. And if you don't have that top four pick this summer, I, I don't think they have any interest in like, let's try to be bad for a draft pick like right. ever no. again, basically. Right. 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 And so it does change a little bit of the, you know, I think it's what you're already doing is like figuring out who this roster is a keeper and who fits and who doesn't. And like, it, I think I think it might accelerate the timeline a little bit. Maybe you're not you're probably not a playoff team this season, but you might be thinking about trying to be one next season. Right. Uh, you know, and, and and you have decisions to make about Anthony Mountain and Dylan Brooks and, and Josh Jackson, who's still out in South Haven and all this other stuff. And so. I mean, I think it's a really interesting time for the Grizzlies right now. Well, I mean, yes, you have, and they're it's not a holding pattern. They're anymore. interesting developments at every level. You have at the at the upper echelon, you've got questions about Ja and his numbers have fallen off, and, right? And so, what does that mean? You've got quite. It's interesting because a month ago, people were willing to say Jaron's never going to people loosely. Right, right, right. Jaron's disappointing. Ja's a superstar. Well, they they've converged a little bit now. Jaron is has been unbelievable with his three point shooting and has shown that he is. Just tremendous. And he right, was a Jared was in such a funk the first two or three weeks of the season that I'm 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 actually even mad at myself for I think I got too even I got too down on him where I was right. like oh, okay maybe he's you know maybe he's like more of a Serge Ibaka no like this dude's 20 years old right he's averaging like 18 points a game he's shooting 40 percent from three on like eight attempts a night he's blocking shots again he can handle and get to the rim it's all the rebounding is an issue it may always be an issue but like it's all there what he's doing at age right. 20 is, is, is stupid yes Jawa will always have the ball in his hands and right. so it will look different but yeah. uh you can argue right now 
I, I, similar trajectories in some ways. You know, I don't know right. that one is ahead of the other or vice versa at this point. But then separately, you have the sort of the second level. You have Brandon Clark, uh, D'Anthony Melton, obviously, is the one who you were forever advocating get more run. Right. Now what people are advocating is he start. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. That, that's the next one. No, are I, you, I, yeah. I, I was initially saying he should be playing ahead of Marco Guterich and Grayson Allen, right? right? Let's get him in the rotation. And like now – like like that box has been checked basically, right. and now it's like people wanting him to play ahead of Dylan Brooks, and like I don't think that's I I've not I've not advocated that necessarily, but I don't think that's a crazy thing to think at all, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you, looking going forward, is he? I mean, he's not Tony Allen, but is he? Like, can he be? Tony Allen wasn't Zebo. You know, can he be that well, part of your core, the next core? I'll write about this at some point in the second half of the season, but. Dylan Brooks and Anthony Mountain are both free, are both free agents next summer. Maybe you bring them both back, but why, you what's your priority? What's your pecking order? And to me, I think it's the Anthony Mountain because I think his utility is greater. He can play so many different roles, and he to me he comfortably fits in that middle of your rotation role player. Whereas I think Dylan Brooks needs to slide down into that role as you get better, and I don't know how no, he willing the, he is to slide into that at, role at what he does. Which is sh- sh- shoot. You, Whatever you, want, you want someone better. Right, right, right. right. At what he does, you want someone better. At what D'Anthony Mountain does, you want D'Anthony Mountain. That's right. right? That's exactly so, right. Yeah. Um, so that's the problem with Dylan Brooks. I think ultimately D'Anthony Mountain is a more valuable piece going forward than Dylan Brooks is. Um, and so, yeah. And then then how how long do you – like there are people who – every every time Solomon Hill or Jay Crowder on the court, they're irritated because they just want to see the young guys. Like well, why are we messing around with them right. at this point? Um and it is true. Like, what? Like, what is the Jay Crowder is a great locker room guy. All that stuff. Should he be getting the have the role that he has now? I for, or is it outsized? I mean, it's definitely outsized. <laughs> yes, but I, I still think for now, I think either either you need either he's going to get flipped before the trade deadline, or if he's not, I think his role needs to come down. If he's going to stay on this team through the deadline, right. I think his role and, needs to come down after that. Between right. now and the deadline, like, fine, whatever. Like, let him play, put up numbers, you know, just in case there's a good deal. If you want to flip him, it's probably the best for that is if he's playing and, and getting shots and getting numbers. But if you if you do end up going through the deadline without trading him, then at that point, I think he, his role needs to be lessened. If not, if not, if not a buyout. Right. Right. Um, you mentioned the players who aren't playing for the team. Are you hearing anything or expect anything on either Iguodala I, or or Josh Jackson? Well, they're going to trade Iguodala. They're going to trade Iguodala um, unless they just hold out. Unless they do like a Tyreek Evans thing where they just hold out for a good deal that right, just is never happen, there. Right, right. In which case. In which case, I believe if, if for whatever reason they get through the deadline without dealing Iguodala, which I don't think will happen, I think they will buy him out. Well, no matter what they say, right. there's no way they're not going to buy him out if they can't if they don't trade him. So I think they're going to trade him, and I think they're going to settle for whatever. If, even if they wait till the deadline day, they're going to take whatever the best deal is on the table. So I think Iguodala will get traded. Um, the Josh Jackson thing is a little weird because. You know, he had that little hiccup, which, as far as we know, was a missed team meeting. You know, it right. cost him two games. Um, and no one has no one has said to me that impacted his timeline. And no one has said to me he won't play with the Grizzlies. But my belief is that impacted his timeline. I, I, I feel like 
I felt like there was more of a sense of okay, eventually we're getting to the point where we're going to bring him on the on, onto the team before that happened, and now it seems a little squishier to me. I do think there's the sense that you don't want to bring him up without a role to put him in. Right. You don't want him just hanging out with Marco Goodrich on the bench and like <laughs> you play five minutes one night, you don't play right. the other night, and like what's the point of that? And so maybe it is a post trade deadline thing. Maybe he's traded by the deadline, but if he's not, maybe Jay Crowder's traded and that, and that opens up, you know, it may be that kind of thing. But at one point I thought, well, come around December, January, we're gonna we'll see him up, and I don't necessarily think that anymore. I don't know what I don't know where they're going with that. Uh two other things that happened while we were away. Uh one is uh, David Stern passed away. You recounted your the, the one memory of your interaction with Robert Perra. That was hilarious. Yeah, I mean the the night the, the night that Robert Perra was introduced, which was which was not opening night, it was like a month or so into a season if I remember correctly, right? Or maybe it was, maybe it was I opening don't recall. night. I know that was a weird season because I said John Hollinger was just talking about this on his podcast he does with Nate Duncan. Um, not the David Stern part, but Nate was asking him about, you know, when he first served the Grizzlies, he said, what was December? Like he didn't come in. He came in like midway right. through a season to be a VP of whatever, right. which is a weird situation. Time. And that was because of all the, you know, it was so it was either into the season or right on the cusp of the season where all that happened. So anyway, when Para was introduced that night, um, it was him and David Stern at center court. And David Stern did the introduction of Robert Para, and I don't know, talked for a minute or so, like, you know, yeah. did a little spiel and handed the mic. I don't, know if, you don't know how well you remember this. We handed the mic to Robert Para, and Para said some one sentence, like, you know, great to be here. It was just something very, very foreshadowing, funny. like one or two sentences, <laughs> like very quick and handed the mic back to Stern and Stern like deadpan. That's it. <laughs> um, which I thought was pretty funny to me. The, the best moment. Of the moment that I remember, lots of moments, but the mo- one moment I remember was um, during the original acquisition phase, whenever the Grizzlies being introduced, there was a massive press conference, and George Lapidus stood up and asked a question uh, in the way George would, and um, David Stern said, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and so Anthony Sane tweeted out, or I think it was Anthony Sane tweeted out that, that right now in heaven... Uh, <laughs> David Stern is saying to George Lapidus, "Who are you again?" Right. So Ken Stabler's hanging out with him. Right. right. The 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 um the 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 thing though that I think is important is that he was obviously he was a believer in single market, single team markets like whatever Sacramento, San Antonio. Like that's what David Stern. Right. That was the one of the models. Everyone knows we, we. There's been a lot of talk about the the Magic Bird stuff and all of that. But one of the other phenomena was this um, this small market focus that he had that Memphis was a beneficiary of. And that in the end, he also, anyone who's involved with the Memphis franchise would tell you that he, David Stern, was a big believer in the city of Memphis. And that when it was Louisville, New Orleans, Memphis, whatever else, that he was a big believer in the city of Memphis. I don't think they get the same uh, – thought about Adam Silver now. I don't think they have the same sense that Adam Silver is that um, one way or another, but that David Stern was, in fact, a big friend and advocate for the city. He was incredibly smug, (laughs) like the way that he, cheerfully smug. He was cheerfully smug in the way that he handled press conferences, but but he he was an ally. We're going to stop now for a word from our sponsors. The Daily Mimpy and Grizzlies podcast is brought to you by FedEx possibilities what we deliver by delivering 
So you covered this more closely at the time. I actually didn't do anything related right. to the Grizzlies until a year into the franchise's um, arrival. Is your sense that, if I remember correctly, the way it went down was Stern basically, or the league, but Stern played matchmaker, right? Yes. I mean, the, the people in Memphis, um, the, so, the so-called pursuit team, had expressed interest with the NBA in wanting to get a team to Memphis. However, that may may occur. And separately, Michael Heisley buys this team in Vancouver – May or may 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 or may not maybe maybe did maybe didn't try to make it work depending on your opinion in Vancouver but very quickly decided he couldn't make it work and sort of made it known he was looking to move the team and Stern basically played matchmaker between right. these two separate entities right yeah and it was going to be Charlotte too that was the other one that was going to move to Memphis in fact right. both teams filed filed applications to move to Memphis, which was astonishing. Here's the city that had never so had- how how was it remind me how was it determined did which it, behind the scenes, okay. it was sorted out with Stern and FedEx and whatever else. Right. Let's be honest, the locals, the pursuit team, they didn't want to, they didn't want to be someone's minority partner. That was not the goal. The goal was to buy a team and bring it here and own that team. Um, but well, they had their opportunities. They certainly that. laid. They later had their opportunities. There's no question. Yeah. Um, and then I th- honestly think the acrimony that it w- between Heisley got in the way of that in a way that I suspect they lament right now because the value of the valuation of that franchise has gone through the roof from what they could have bought it for. But um, here's the thing, though, that value matters when you sell it. And if you're the local, if you're never going to sell it, you're never right. going to capture it. You're never going to capture yeah. it. Um, so but it would. Yeah. But anyway, so. um uh, but there was this crazy day when Memphis, which had forever wanted a quote-unquote major league franchise, all of a sudden there was a press conference that, and there were two. Two had filed to move to Memphis, and uh, and uh, Memphis ended up with the the Grizzlies. But Stern was instrumental in all of that, and FedEx obviously he wanted. There was the other feeling is that he wanted FedEx to be part of the the NBA family. The other thing that happened um, while we were away is Zebo formally. Uh, and officially retired, and put up a photo of him, and not not surprisingly, but put up a photo photo of him in a Memphis uniform um, yeah. on his Instagram page. Um, is it you have not done a lot of uh, decades best? No, I, I mean I I decided if people read one of the comps I wrote this week, they may have seen that it was at the bottom. I I thought about it and I actually outlined a decade thing, and then I decided next year's the twentieth anniversary of the franchise in Memphis. That to me, we're gonna do. Let's look back over ten years now, and then next year, let's let's look back over twenty. It felt like, it felt like right. memory lane overkill to me. Right. And I decided the twenty year in Memphis is a better time to sort of delve into the back pages. Than, is Zebo your greatest grizzly? You know, we did we did a thing at the at the CA a couple of years ago where we I think we called it greatest grizzlies, and it was the history of the franchise in Memphis and. I don't know why we another like, like we right. it's a random year because you need content. <laughs> I don't know why we did it when we did it. Maybe it was the fifteenth anniversary or something. But Zebo was first in that, and I voted him first in that, so he was my my pick then. I do think it's very debatable. If you want to have the argument of who was the best Grizzly of the decade, I don't think it's a slam dunk that it's Zach Randolph. I think it's, and I, I and actually I do not think it's Mike Conley. I think it's a Zach Randolph versus Marcus All question. Right. And I think there is a per, there are perfectly good arguments to be made either way on that. Um, so why do you think that by acclamation, generally in the in the world, people say Zach because of what he represented? It's funny because Mark's the one who spent more time here as a youth, but Zebo fit that when that we, team broke into the playoffs and made its run, especially in 2011. 
Zach Randolph was the alpha dog on right. that team. Right. Now he now people sort of forget he was not like the consistent alpha dog throughout the entire grit and grind playoff era because he had the knee injury. He may have been. I I would love to know what the alternative would have been if Zach Randolph does not injure his knee the beginning of that next season. Because he was dominant in the 2011 playoffs. He was still pretty young. Right. And I talked to him at the time, and he believed, like, look at Dirk Davitsky, Look at Tim Duncan. Like, I'm entering my prime now. I don't care that I'm 29 or 30 or whatever. My prime starts now. And then he, he, he O.J. Mayo fell into his knee at a game in Chicago at the beginning of that next season. And he didn't get back until late that season. He wasn't the same. And he, he had moments after that where he got back to the old form, but not consistently. I If, if he had not injured that knee – I think he may have been an All NBA player for two or three years there. That 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 2011 playoff Zach Randolph, we may have just, Randolph, we may have just seen for a few years, and I think that may have changed some stuff. I think that's a forgotten thing. We remember the Mike Conley, um, I you know the breaking his face. Right. I remember you know his 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 injuries in Marcus Hall's foot. We we forget the Zach Randolph thing. Um, and so he was not. If you go through every single year of that playoff run, he was not necessarily the clear cut best guy on every year of the every every. Was day. he the? Is your favorite? Forget moment, like you know, but your favorite Zebo game, game six, Spurs game. Was it game six Clippers too? Was that the one where that was two years later? Two years later, that yeah, was, yeah, was that, that was, all, that was both, both game hit. sixes, right? Were they yeah, both yeah, game yeah. Sixes? It was game yeah. six Spurs two thousand eleven, <clears throat> which was the. Um, first round, yeah, and then it was Game Six Clippers, which I guess also was the first round two years later, round, yeah. um, because they played Oklahoma City in the second round and then got swept by the um, Spurs, right? Yeah. In, in the conference finals, um, you know, it, it's a close call um, between those two series, but those are the two great Zebo series, right. yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so he he him he announced his retirement essentially. Over the Christmas, over the over the holidays, there was some thought of you know why I heard I saw some stuff why haven't the, the Grizzlies made a statement and like you know pe- people were asking is right. he going to sign a one day contract and like retire Grizzly and I'm not saying that won't happen but I've seen no indication that that's going to happen or anyone is interested in that. I happening. don't think there's any need for that. Yeah, I don't either. You think uh, they'll bring him back and have another Zebo thing? Well, they they haven't. They have said they will retire his. Number. Yes, they have not the, retired his number. This and so is a, that will happen. They have effectively retired his number because right. that no one else is right. going to wear it. But they haven't had the ceremony. They yeah, haven't yeah, lifted yeah. it up yeah, into yeah, the yeah. rafters. They, they, they haven't. Re- they haven't. Yes, they haven't had the jersey retirement ceremony. And so I, I feel like that's going to happen next season. Um, I think that's the kind of thing. I mean, you want to coordinate. You got to make sure he's there, right? <laughs> uh, who else do Who else do you want there, right? right? You make sure Tony Allen can be there. Right. Um, and I don't, I'm just I'm spitballing. Oh, you want Mark to be there? Well, I mean, well maybe I'm spitballing at this point because yeah. Mark and, and Mike are still playing, and yeah. so they can't. They probably they can't both, both be there right? unless you you find some break in the schedule where right. they're not playing, or maybe you you have it on a game where they're in town. I don't know. Um, and then there's the question of because they, they essentially announced at the time that Zach Randolph signed with Sacramento. This is why there's no need for them to do some public statement now because they did it then right and when he signed with sacramento they did a public farewell to zach randolph they said at the time that no one else were, were ever wear number 50 they did the same thing with tony allen when he signed i guess he signed but he didn't get traded when he signed with new orleans mm-hmm. you know no one else will, will, will wear number nine um and so i think both of those jerseys are clearly they're going to be retired but i think they'll be retired next season it's not going to happen this season because you want to coordinate it you want to promote it you want people to plan for it um i my belief i don't know this my, my belief is it will happen next season it ties in perfectly with the 
this is the 20th year in Memphis that we're spending right. this whole season celebrating our time in Memphis to, to put your first jersey up in the rafters. The question will be who's first? Is it Zach? Is it Tony? Do you do, you do it together? together? Right. And so I think all those questions will need to be ironed out. And I, I don't think they do it together. I think they do. I don't Zebo think either. First. I think you they want do to Zebo I, first. Each have their own special night. Yeah. I agree with that. And I think, I think Zebo probably first yeah. and, and then Tony. And and I think it fits perfectly with the this twentieth anniversary, and you got the throwback court and the whole thing, and so I think that's what that's when that will happen. And there's always a rush to like demand the organization do Why something to respond. Right? Yeah. yeah, right. And I, I don't. This is what I think will happen and should happen. Yeah. Um. What do you think? Yeah. No, I'm with you. I think that makes all the sense in the world. All right. Well, we're back. Um. Jeff and I braved the Cotton Bowl. We braved the Great White North in different directions. We're back in Memphis. Um, we got a more than half a season of NBA basketball ahead of us. It's going to be a very. We're going to see Zion Williamson for the Martin Luther King game. I think so. It seems to be timing out rather well. Um, my buddy Chris Vernon has developed the the hopeful theory that that will be, will his, be his debut. debut. Um, it, they've said you know a couple of weeks away, and so I think whether that's his debut or not, it seems highly likely he will be in uniform, and that's going to be fabulous right. when you have national TV job versus Zion. Um, so that's that's the big that's the big thing on the calendar to look forward to, unless they're actually in a playoff race in April, which I don't <laughs> think they will. I think by that point the, the fun will have subsided on that. Um, but I think this is going to be you know I think you know the the start of this Grizzly season has been sort of hidden a little bit with all the other stuff happening in sports in Memphis. You, you, yeah. you cover everything as you know with you know with the, the great Tiger football season that we just had. I guess best ever probably Tiger football right. season. The certainly eventful. Well, I mean the Tiger basketball team is off to a very good start. Plus all the Wiseman right, stuff right, right. and everything else. It's been nuts. I, I think the Grizzlies are going to rise up to the to the focus to the focus a little bit more here these next few months. Um, it'll be fun. We will be here. Um, every week or we will endeavor to be here every week to talk about it for jeff i'm chris harrington um you can find jeff on twitter help me get this right is it jeff jeff g-e-o-f-f underscore caucus i I couldn't remember where the underscore was jeff underscore caucus you can find me at harrington nba um you can read both of our stuff uh daily on the daily muffian website we encourage you to subscribe um you can follow us on twitter and facebook at daily muffian you can get this podcast and all of our other pods including the tigers podcast wherever you get your audio as always uh, thanks to natalie van gundy on the ones and twos and we'll see you next week We deliver jerseys, funny foam fingers, and everything you need for the game. But what you really get is so much more. FedEx delivery. Game day spirit. What we deliver by delivering. In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.